Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks, Season 2, Episode 3, it's called The Man Behind the Glass. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. Where to begin uh, with this? Things are still interesting. Things are still very interesting, there's, there's things that... Let's start with clues, and the, the, the realisation of clue number 3, which came into play in this episode. Yeah. And the fact is, is it went further than I thought it would. I, I, I legitimately thought, so, one our man, Mike, one our Mike, mm. is uh, picking up from what we see in the first episode of the season where he's there to sell shoes to the sheriff. Yep. And he sees the, the wanted poster for long-haired Bob. Yes. And he recognises him, which... You could probably say, oh, that makes sense. Of course, you'd. I was like, well, yeah, but that, that was in his dream. That was in Cooper's dream. It, arguably, things not might play out as exact in the real world. Yes. But sure enough, he recognised As soon as he sees it and the music gets sinister, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, he goes to the he goes to the bathroom and he's like, he's freaking out and he's taking, taking a shot of something, some sort of medication. And he steps out of the cubicle and says, Bob... I know you're near. Do you know what? I was surprised when he stepped out of the cubicle. Mm. I fully expected him to step out as Bob. Oh, did you? <laughs> I thought they were like one and the same person. They're like sharing the body almost. Oh, no, I, I wasn't jumping to that conclusion. But when he stepped, when he steps out of the cubicle and he says, uh, Bob, I know you're near, I'm like, all right. So he knows he's not like a regular thing. He, yeah, yeah. he knows that he's some kind of other presence. That He's... he's Something. <laughs> yeah, he's something. He's not. He's not just a guy. He's something, and yeah. uh, one armed man is very aware of that, and that's interesting. And then, of course, when Cooper kind of pieces with one armed man was here, wait, he knew he knew Bob, and he goes into the cubicle later and he finds the syringe, and he. And I'll admit it didn't click for me earlier, but when he said it out loud, it did. It's like without chemicals, he points. I'm like, ah, medication. Ah, so. The medications to dull his connection to Bob, because it seemed like once he noticed the Bob and the image, he started freaking out and he had to null it or dull yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's why I was thinking, oh, maybe yeah. they're the same body. Like the the medication was actually like to keep him in control. Um, yeah, maybe, uh, or it could just be that they've Dulls got a link. Senses, yeah. yeah, there's a link, and there's him being near affects him, and he has to. So that that whole idea of when he's not got the chemicals. He points like he actually has a connection that they can follow. He's almost like a radar. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like a detection system for yeah. for evil Bob, uh, and yeah, and they think his name's Robert. Or they, but we know it's his name's well Bob, but he, he they they're thinking the name Robert because they get a third layer. Uh, Renette Pulaski is attacks, maybe not the right word, but she she she's tampered with in the hospital. Someone has snuck in and put a third letter because both Laura and the previous victim uh, from like a year or two ago both had a letter. So we got a third letter and it was RBT. I don't know what order they came in, but that was the three letters. Yeah. And they established that certain people have seen seen who we know as Bob right now. Mm. And sure enough, Leland comes to the police station and he's like, I knew this man because we recognised him last episode. And he tells him about oh, my, the country house and... One point, one point of his uh, story, because he, he got into it a little bit more depth. One mm. thing that I, one detail that I really liked about this, is he said that it wasn't in the next house. There was a derelict house in between, and then yeah. it was him. 
And I thought, oh, that's a really nice little symbolic touch. That it's like there's a barrier. There's something between our world and his. Was yeah, like, that was nice. Thing. Nice thing. Uh, but he also says, oh, he was intimidating. He used to flick matches at me and say, <laughs> was it, uh, uh, what, play with fire, boy? Yeah. And, of course, fire walk with me. We're think- and, of course, now I'm thinking, well, was Laura random then? Like, That's is, what I was thinking it, as well. Did he specifically go after Laura because of something to do with her father all these years yeah, ago? Yeah, I'm wondering, did Leland do something that's made like this thing or a grudge? I don't. Know, I was thinking grudge, and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's not grudge. Maybe it's just uh, like I, I don't know if Leland had to have done something bad. It could just be that. that maybe Bob... he ignored the warning, like like you know the the one don't play with fire. Oh yeah, sure. Maybe maybe Leland did play with fire. Oh sure, he he could have done something that enlisted uh, revenge, if you will. But then I also think, well, maybe if Bob is just menacing, like you know, in traditional yeah. sort of horror movie ghosts, they've just got like they just pick someone to torment for some reason. Maybe it's him that he's tormenting Raul and having a grudge or something against Laura herself, you know. But That's it's true. him, you know. It's, it's he's the reason why he's after Laura. Um, although I also I also do strongly suspect that there is still a human being that is directly responsible for killing her. Yes, uh, I think I think Bob is behind it. I think Bob influenced the events, but, but it th- doesn't seem like he's physically there doing it. It doesn't seem like that. I mean, he could be. They could present us with information. Yeah, but I certainly feel like there's a physical person. Obviously, there's a, a prime suspect that comes up in this episode that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it it was just I was thinking about like okay, it makes sense that there's still going to be a physical person who maybe actually enacted the kill. Someone they can actually put in cuffs at some point and say, right, we got the killer. Yeah. Uh, and that, well, that, that kind of feels too easy <laughs> for this show it feels too- yeah. yeah well yeah but you've seen the post of the new one it's happening again which I mean not to predict what I'm, we're going to see for the rest of the season but part of me thinks well okay maybe they'll catch the physical killer but Bob yeah, and the other well, world is still out there or something beyond there, there was something that was uh, mentioned this that just made something click uh, they talk about the other place he talks about the it was a dwarf right and obviously we know that I'd forgotten he's, just, he's telling Albert and Sheriff about the giant yeah, I, I love the duality of the small and the tall. Yeah. And they're the maybe the opposing forces. Yeah, are they opposing? Are they working together? Well, yeah, that, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm just making that connection based on, on the height, maybe the, because they're opposites in I mean, that I, sense. I, I think the giant was definitely trying to be helpful. The dwarf, though, I don't think was necessarily trying to not be helpful. I mean, it was definitely more vague and more cryptic. It, it was, it was. I'm just wondering yeah. if maybe there is a game between them and they're both trying to use... Cooper for their own yeah, purposes. Maybe, maybe. I, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, so let, let's talk about. Actually, while well, I mentioned Albert, I want to mention one really weird scene with Albert that just came mm. out of nowhere for me. And I loved yep, it. I, I, loved know, every, I know exactly what you're I loved with. every second of it, but it came out of goddamn nowhere. So Albert, as he does, he's, he's given his crime report about the boots and the, the guy shot. He cracks a little joke about, oh, it's James Bond's gun that shot you, don't you know? Uh, but as he's leaving, he, he cracks some more jokes, and uh, sheriff says, oh, "Is there anything else we should be doing?" You know, sincerely mm-hmm. try to work with them, and he's an FBI agent. He's a he's a well decorated agent. He's trying to ask, "Is there something we should be doing?" And of course, he cracks a joke about, "Oh, maybe try walk without your dragging your knuckles." Makes a makes a joke. Yeah, he he's primitive kind of thing. Yeah. And Truman gets in his face. He's like, oh, you, you, I've had enough of your mouth. I hit you once before and I, I felt kind of bad about it, but I'm going to enjoy the next time. And, yeah. Uh, Albert grabs him back. 
And I'm like, all right, we're getting to it. And I'm like, well, I, honestly, at this point, I was thinking, why is Cooper not stepping in here? Like, Come on, separate them. Yeah. There's enough. It's not like just a quick punch. He's, they're, they're building up to it. They're building yeah. up. You can step in here and stop this. And then Albert does a complete left turn. He starts talking about how he's a pacifist and he doesn't believe in violence. And then... As he as they sort of let go at the end, he says, "In all my worldview is based on love. I love you, Sheriff Truman." And he walks out of the scene. I, I did not have him pegged as a pacifist. I well, he's such a prick. Exactly. <laughs> it's hard to believe he's a pacifist, but there you go. It it was out of all the things that has happened in this show that have been weird and otherworldly and stuff. This is up there in, the, in, the, in the, the weirdest of all of them. Yeah, this is almost the thing that's the most shocking to me, is that Albert's <laughs> like this. Uh, yeah, I'm I saying agree. to Sheriff Truman, I love you, Sheriff, and walking out of the scene is maybe the weirdest moment of this entire <laughs> show so far. And that's saying something. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> saying something. Uh, I loved it, though. I loved it, because the music, appeared, you know, the, the synth theme came in, and it was all... Mm-hmm. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was... So weird, though. But again, if we're talking about dualities and opposing forces or the opposites, maybe that plays into that. He, he is such a prick, and it seems like he would be someone who is all for violence, but he's actually not. He's Yeah. It's all a mask for what he really is. He's getting all his aggression out and being a dick. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we have that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, just to sort of stick him with Cooper and Truman and whatever they get up to in this episode, Jocelyn's coming back. He says to Cooper, I want to talk to her first. Cooper does it at first, but he agrees. He's like, yeah, have have, have some time in there. Uh, they also go to Jacoby to hypnotise him to try and see if he can remember who killed Jacques. And sure enough, it seems that he does because they, they, they go and arrest Leland at the end of the episode. Yeah. And they arrest him. Uh, so that, that's, that's their stuff. Uh, unless something that I'm forgetting will spring back to my mind in a minute, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, of course, Cooper also is concerned for Audrey. He didn't quite piece together where she was that we thought because he does bring up a good point. Because you said she'll, he'll know where he, she is because she saw him in the talks. But, I didn't say he'll know. I said he has the information required. Okay, sure. But he at least gave the reason why he wouldn't jump to that though, because he was wearing that talks in the hotel yeah. both before yeah, going fair. there and returning from there. So, yep. and given that she lives there, it makes sense that that's where she would have seen him more likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fair. But that leads us into Audrey and her current predicament, which is quite a pickle. She's in a really bad place. So not only... Because we, we were concerned that uh, Blackie and uh, Perfume Store Guy, whose name I can't remember, that they they would make killer, that they might, oh, well, if he doesn't know she's here, we could just get rid of her and... Because yeah. you know, he's not going to be happy that he almost prostituted his daughter. <laughs> exactly. He'll be, ben will come in on the warpath, even though he doesn't seem to care that much. I think that would piss him off. Just on the principle. Yeah, just on the principle, if nothing else. Even if he doesn't actually care for her, it's like... It, it's more of, this is mine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's, he's, he's that kind of character. And even when Cooper brings it up, and he still doesn't seem that concerned. Oh, she always runs off, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Oh, she's got you tangled in her little web. And he, you know, he doesn't outright say it, but he almost he's accusing Cooper of having attractions to a teenage girl. Which, by the way, I was thinking this last episode as well. And then more so in this one, it, it really does feel like the show's kind of just forgot that half the characters are supposed to be in high school. There's almost no mention, almost, of them going to school or anything like that. Pretty much since the first episode, well, obviously we see them in the school. Yeah, which obviously I don't think it's a big deal because obviously, yeah, there's a lot. Of t- that's only a certain few hours of your day. You, there's enough time outside of that to be doing stuff. It's just 
so much of that first episode felt like it was set in the school that it's just kind of weird that since then there's been almost no talk of it. There's been one or two little references, but nothing. But, but very, very rarely do they go, oh, something happened at school. Yeah. Or I, I think Bobby's dad asked last episode how was school today. I think that is the extent of what we've heard about school. Yeah. So it's just... It's, I think it's also because all the actors obviously are older and they look older that you you forget it as well because you're just you're falling on you doing do until things. until they occasionally remind you you're like oh yeah, yeah. so so yeah so odd so Blackie and the other guy bring in the brother of Jacques who's Jean and is another J no another J uh, very French uh, they shoot her up with heroin and they film a kidnap video. And they're going to blackmail, without letting them know it's them, they're going to blackmail Ben. And uh, they also we also hear at the end that they're probably just going to kill her as well and not give her back. They're going to get the money. and yeah. So, Cooper, really, you need to get your game up, Cooper. Needs to, he needs to be a hero now, doesn't he? Have another vision. Maybe the giant will come and help you, but save Audrey. <laughs> She's or there. just drop, drop something under your bed. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. When he roots around under it, then you'll, you'll have the classic thing of well, you'll see be the it. hand yeah, rooting around it. and it'll just land on the letter. That'll be it. He'll get the note. Yeah. And it'll be like a race against the clock and hopefully he gets there in time. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if he will. Uh, who knows where this uh, uh, Yeah, there's no guarantee that she's safe. Yeah. I could look up the cast list for the new season and see if she's done it, but I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm going to... I don't know. if we have. Did we have a full cast list? I think if you look at my IMDb, there's right, cast cause... credited for it. Right, okay. But I'm not going to look at that, obviously. For no, no. Why? Why would we do that? Yeah, obvi- obvious. Uh, uh, obviously, Cooper's in it because he's on the poster and whatnot. But that, well, that's fine. Yeah. We, can, we can accept the one. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure the actress playing Laura is probably in it repeatedly, even though. <laughs> even if Maddie gets killed, I'm sure we'll see tons of Laura. Just well, she was the other poster. She was exactly. <laughs> it's it's still still relating to that in some way or another. You have to assume. I know, not so, that really anyone knows anything about the new show yet. So that's Audrey Pickle. Now, I, I think the next big thing, obviously, is the next-door neighbour to the Mules and Wheels uh, from last episode, uh, Howard Smith, mm. who, turns out he's the one who sent the note to the diner for yes. for Donna. And Donna comes to see him, uh, as she arranged in the previous episode, and he's a bit of a hermit, which is why he gets the Mules and Wheels, or he did, uh, or, well, given the ending, he claims, Uh and he 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 raises plants. Yeah, uh, was it blossoms specifically? Because they, they don't need much orchids, heat. Orchids. There you go. Orchids. I don't, I don't know much about flowers. So, uh, but yeah. So he that's what he does. And he's like, oh, I was good friends with Laura. She came over and talked to me, and uh, I I want you to plant a, an orchid, one of my orchids, at her, her grave. And we see her do that, and we see. I actually really like that they bring up because we talked about how she was acting really weird in the first episode. That James brings that brings that up again, uh, talking to yeah. Maddie. And he's like, oh, she's been acting all tough and cool. And you get, oh, maybe she's putting up her front. And when you go and when we get to see when she goes to the grave and she talks to Laura's grave, you're like, oh, it really is that. She's trying to be as intriguing and mysterious and cool as Laura was. She's, she's trying to play that that character yeah. up. And she, to the point where she breaks down and says, we're still dealing with your goddamn issues, even though you're dead. Yeah. Uh, and, it's a great uh, scene. It's a great scene. And it's, it's good uh, character stuff. And, uh, Actually, the scene when she first uh, meets meets uh, Smith, and the later scene when she sees him again, there's a new music playing. Uh, it's a new rendition of the it's theme. It's a variation of Laura's theme. Yeah, it's a variation, but it's uh, it's like kind of synthy with a. It's, I don't think it's a real voice, like a synthy voice, but there's like a sort of uh, choir esque. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, woodwind esque as well. Woodwind, yeah. Uh, 
That wasn't the only new thing though. There was also another new rendition that played a couple times. It was like a soft guitar kind of. Yeah, it's kind of, of it. a it's similar to the one that was being played on the guitar last episode. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, certainly those two stuck out as being new yeah, things. Yeah. So they're adding yeah, to I the to the, uh, the 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 soundtrack. They've got a larger set to pull from. Hi, season two. Get a few new cues in there. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like that they addressed that, and basically, especially when it got to that scene with the, the gravesite, because it made it feel more like a proper character thing. And I felt like, okay, I understand this now. It's, it's not just a random thing. Don't get me wrong; most Lynch things that seem random later become not so random once you actually fully understand them. But the, this really—I f- was worried this might feel random. Whereas no, now it feels like no, this is a proper character thing. This yeah. is who she is, and she's trying to basically come out of the shadow that, that is Laura Palmer, even after her death. And it's why Maddie's also so conflicting for her. Now, she's, her, her accusation is actually kind of baseless to a point. I mean, we see them holding hands, but it's not... He's upset. She's kind of... Uh, yeah, but, like, we, we know there's nothing to it in that scene, yeah. but she just sees it and assumes the worst. Yeah, and when she does catch them, because he goes to her because he's upset about his mum coming back, and she catches them. It's really obvious she's going to catch them. It's the, it's the shot where you know they're going to break away and she's going to be standing behind them. And James gets pissed. And I like that that also nicely plays off the fact that in the next scene with Maddie, which is a, one of the first times I think we've seen Maddie have her own scene, where it's really just about her. Yeah. Because up until now, and it kind of plays into what she's going through in the episode, is that up until now, she's always been there in relation to what they're doing for Laura. And it's always every other characters saying, oh, she looks like Laura, that's why she's here. And in this scene, she's actually complaining about the fact that she feels that she's fallen into a dream where everyone just thinks she's Laura. And she's yeah. struggling to have her own identity. So it's kind of nice that they kept a scene like that where she's on her own and it gets to be her about her own issues and her own problems until that that really comes to a head. And yeah, yeah. it makes her feel a bit more developed as well because of it. Yeah, yeah, so... I, I think that's so. I think her having like this weird identity thing is everyone in the town's look treating her like, oh, she looks like Laura, and even James's weird attraction to her is probably because she looks like Laura. Yeah, probably. So, no, all all good stuff. But obviously, Donna goes goes back to Smith at the end. She's upset about James, and she goes back, and he drops some knowledge earlier on. But he drops some more knowledge here. He, he comes up with a little, a little rhyme that Laura used to say, and he tries cheering her up, and he, he goes to. Uh, get her a drink and this is when the, the, the cliffhanger of the episode is she notices Laura's diary and I immediately immediately as soon as I saw it he was never friends with her at all all this information he's got from that diary yeah he's lying about all this yep um, I mean you have to assume he didn't know her still because oh yeah but I, I don't think he was ever like maybe getting meals and meals I think he just seen her so, like you know from across the no, I disagree. He, he he went. In, she went in, and he is on the meals on wheels because uh, last episode when we went to the the woman with for the meals on wheels, she talked about how like she was over there. Like, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I was just speculating. You're, yeah, right. yeah I'm, I'm just saying through context, like the neighbors know that she went over there as well. Oh, fair enough. But I I don't think they were as close as he was making out. I think certainly not. I think the information that he knew about Donna about everything that Laura was into and like, I think that all came from the diary. I think she probably did deliver food to him then and yeah. that was it, but it seems like he is... Uh, he was obsessed. Could he be the, the physical killer? Possibly. Is it too early or too late to, for that to be a red herring? I don't know. Uh, but... 
uh, he's certainly certainly Do- Donna is now in a situation that could be dangerous and I did think when she went into the room I'm like you met him once this feels like a weird place to go when you're upset go home <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's not like you live with James and he'd be around and you can't be upset about him go, go home yeah it was weird yeah so a little bit of a jump there but still works small, small complaint really but even even then, it kind of works with that scene at the at Laura's grave where she says, "So this uh, this Howard guy, he's sleeping with him," and it's almost like she's doing this bec- again because she's sort of living out through Laura. Yeah. She, she's she's yeah. living through her. So maybe the instinct to go there is based again on that that she thinks. Yeah, she's I, I wonder if it was things. that she's going there to sleep with him as a way of getting back at James. At James, which and... amusingly Laura was dating James, and if she was sleeping that, with Howard, then that would have been also t- I think cheating that's exactly why she was doing it. Like, yeah. That's what she was thinking, going, hey, you did this, I can do that. Yeah. So, no. Uh, so, so I, the big thing, we got this new suspect. Yeah. He has Laura's diary. Or a version of Laura. It can't be the same diary. Because the, the, the police had a diary. They had a diary. Yeah. But she could have mm. more than one diary. No, no Maybe she has a, a fake one in, in case yeah. someone rummages through it. I was actually thinking during this episode that the whole meeting meeting Jay because uh, one of the things that he says during the episode is that uh, she she liked to think of me as my of uh, her mystery man, and I'm like, well, would that be the same diary then? Because she talked about her mystery man in her diary. Like, mm. I'm trying to remember did did anything happen to the diary the police had? Did that like go missing or something at some point? I don't remember that happening. Not that not that I recall. Yeah, I, I was really trying to rack my brain if if it went missing at some point, but. Hmm. Uh, but that's obviously where she's got that phrase from. If she's writing about her mystery man, he's like, oh, she liked to think of me, the mystery man. You don't have a J. Although, it was making me think. The J thing, is that a red herring? Like, is Laura smart enough to not use the actual initial of the person she's talking about? Oh, then that opens it up to everyone. Well, it does, but I'm just thinking, like, if I was writing about someone that I didn't want anyone to figure out who it was, I wouldn't actually pick a letter that was in their name. I'd pick... Something random. Oh, it's close as well. H and J. Mm, yeah, They're not far away. off. Yeah. Well, not not one away. Two. But two away. Uh, it's close. Close though. I was thinking of a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah. Uh, I did it, the same thing, and then I, re- I went through in my yeah. head. It's like nope. It's two. Just before people think I don't know the alphabet, I was thinking, look at the keyboard on your computer. Yeah. They're next to each other. Uh, because I I often typo. If you typo one of them, you tend to end up with the other. Yeah, uh, but it was handwritten, so that's not what happened. <laughs> Although, funny enough, I have actually done that a couple of times. Not with that letter specifically, but just like I'll write the wrong letters if I typoed it because it's so ingrained in my head. You write typos? I don't write that often anymore. It's been a long time since I've actually had to handwrite things, but once or twice it's happened, and I've I've sort of snickered and went, ah, oh, as if I made a typo. <laughs> Fair enough. I, uh, I can't remember the last time I used a pen, so I don't yeah, yeah, so shut up. <laughs> you can't say nothing. <laughs> um, Alright, so another news. Uh, the, Big Ed's wife uh, thinks she's 18. Yes. Because she wakes up from a coma and she's like, I'm going to chill and try out. She's only 18 once, Ed. Uh, probably the funniest moment of the episode for me was Ed's face during this entire this entire wake up sequence? It was like, oh, what am I gonna deal with now? <laughs> you can almost just see in the back of his head. I wish it worked. I wish you'd killed yourself. 
<laughs> this is too much to deal with. It's like it, it actually is like, can we go back to the drapes, please? <laughs> oh, what, what if what if she gets home right and she she still thinks she's eighteen, and the doctor's like, oh, you're just gonna have to entertain her and try and like teach her that she's not, and she's this, you know, she's yeah. thirty six or whatever she is. And what if the first thing she does when she walks in the house is she looks over at the, the drapes and goes. Those are nice drapes, and she just starts talking about the drapes. Why? Well, Why she uses them? It's it's science. She goes, oh, this is genius. <laughs> and that is the that is the moment when Big Ed grabs an axe and just hacks her to pieces because he can't take it anymore. And I don't think any one of us will blame him. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. His his entire face though just was cracking me up during that entire scene. It was great. <laughs> just fantastic. So good. Uh, Triad Man is still watching Cooper at the hotel. I actually right. thought I thought something was going to happen uh, more meaty because he, he got up and he started walking. But it, yeah, yeah, still nothing though. Um, yeah, no Hank in this episode. But I, not that I'm complaining. It was a stuff. It was stuffed anyway. But just was. yeah, uh, that was that was he wasn't there. Uh, Lucy, there was Lucy stuff. Uh, Andy was missing because Andy took a day off because he knew that Lucy had a date, and obviously Andy. M- Admittedly, Andy's not that bright, but he might have even concluded that maybe the date is the person who's the father of the baby. Yeah. Well, he, he knows it's not him. He knows it's not him. And we, we had a good laugh about that joke in the last episode. So, this eccentric asshole shows Dick. up at the station. Dick. Yeah, his name's Dick. Of course it is. And they go out to the diner, which is actually, I love right away, because it seems like he's really posh, and you think he'd take her somewhere upper class, but they just go to the diner that everyone goes to. Yeah. And he's, he's been a right ass, so you didn't, she's like, you didn't call me, it's been so many weeks, and we were dating for a while, and you made promises. He's like, I'll make it up to you, I'm going to get you a 20% discount at my department store. And you're like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. And I actually really love that she stands up and goes, well, how about a maternity dress? <laughs> Uh, angry Lucy. Well, it's not the best Lucy. I was gonna say angry. Lu- angry Lucy is the second best Lucy. Best Lucy is when she's impressed with Andy. That's the best Lucy. That is the best Lucy. But angry Lucy is a nice, nice second. Uh, yeah. And he 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 freaks out. But it's uh, no, it was, it was an entertaining scene. So we it's we amazing. have we have why well, unless Lucy's having having a very uh, creative nightlife, I assume this is the father. I think it's safe to assume that. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't... certainly seems to think so, at least. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've got, and you know what's going to happen? You know, he, he's too much of a dick. Andy's going to be the hero and come and be the father to the child anyway. Because yep. he's, he's a stand-up guy. It's his civic duty to donate sperm. It's his civic duty <laughs> to look to after Lucy's kid. Yeah. Look after Lucy's kid. So I, I can see that being the way it goes. The kid's obviously going to be wondering his entire life, or her life, why, like, how they were so smart when... Their dad's such an idiot, but that's okay. It's not like the, the, the mother's the brightest either, is it? No. Well, they're going to get to like 16 and go, oh, by the way, we have to tell you that Andy's not your real father. It's like, I knew all along. It all makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> it's like, I knew I couldn't have inherited this, this smartness from you guys. <laughs> Intelligence is the, is, the, is the word you'd want to use, Connor. Yeah, not but I'm, I'm contextualizing it. <laughs> I feel like they, 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 she'd have to dumb it down for these parents as well. Alright. Uh, so I think that's all the major major beats of the episode. Um, oh, one, one more small thing. Uh, Cooper knows that Shelley is just pretending to still love Leo for the insurance money and there's someone else pulling the strings. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Joe, I love that. I love. It's like I don't know who it is. He he doesn't know who it is. But I love that if he ever gets Shelley and Bobby in the same room, he'll instantly know. Just like that. Yeah. Because they've established that he can just tell if they're in the same room with the body language. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. So that's that's uh, that's episode three, season two. Uh, so where are we? We have Howard Smith, new suspect. Got Laura's diary, really suspicious. One our man knows about Bob, and he senses Bob. Mm. He senses Bob is near. Very interesting. Uh, also, when uh, Donna went to the, the graveyard, there were some shots of owls uh, mm. in the vicinity. Now I've got my eye out for them. I'm like, oh, where's the owls? I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for them. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Lissy's baby's daddy, we know. And, yeah. So, and Leland's been arrested for... The murder and Audrey, of course, is in this kidnap heroin pickle. And we've got Jean Renault. And we've got Jean Renault. Not to be confused with Jacques Renault. And yeah. you know what I thought was funny? He said he had a second brother. I can't remember what the name was, but it was. You think Jacques Jean is going to be another, you know, J. Soft J name. Yeah. And then it's like, it was like Bernie or something like that. It was really, yeah. really different. But there you go. That is episode three, season two of Twin Peaks. Still great. I think it's on a, a nice stride with this in the last episode. Uh, we will be back later this week with episode four. Uh, let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for general ramblings. Thank you for watching, guys. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>